Hello and welcome back to Coming Up Winners, ladies and gentlemen. I am your host, Jason McIntyre. Back here, it's been a few days, Mr. Andrew Lynch, since we crowned a college basketball champion. Was it good for you? Uh, I mean, it was good to be on the right side with Virginia, minus one, yes. minus one and a half. Didn't quite cash on that uh, 118 point over under though. No, that missed narrowly. Uh, obviously, went into overtime. There was, I believe, there was an alternate line of a, a, a plus minus, or no, excuse me, an over under of 149. That was something like 100 to one that ended up cashing wow. because of the overtime. Yeah, you, I wonder if anybody hit that because uh, obviously I was off. I. Uh, you know, took a big loss there. Now, I did hit a futures bet, which is pretty nice. Uh, will a number one seed win the title? Uh, I think we talked about that on the very first podcast. We did, and I had uh, Virginia plus 950 to win it all, so that, was, uh, that was nice. Can you have your college basketball success carry over into golf, perhaps, the Masters, or the NBA? Uh, probably the latter, I'm hoping, anyway. Fingers crossed. Let's go Bucks. But I did not make any Masters bets because I am a coward. You, however, sir, are very... Very brave. Let me hear it. I don't know that you're a coward. I mean, it's when it comes to strong. Uh, the Masters is underway. I I bought five lottery tickets. You know, uh, the the smart golf way uh, now is to do the matchups uh, where they pit two golfers against each other, and I guess you can find an edge there. I'm just kind of newish to the uh, Masters gambling space. Uh, that's the one you know to start the uh, the golf season really. And I made five lottery ticket bets. I took Jason Day plus 2,220. I took Jordan Spieth plus 2,371. They're, they're, I mean, listen. They're, <laughs> I love that line. Sorry. Are, That's great. These are long shots. Now, Jordan Spieth, uh, I believe he's led after the first round three of the last four years at the Masters. Um, I don't even think he's teed off yet. We're recording this at 11 a.m. Pacific on Thursday. Uh, the other three guys I have... They are legit lottery tickets. Adam Scott, plus 4,000. Bryson DeChambeau, I basically took him because I like to say his name. Sure. Um, plus 4,008. And then my longest shot, Tony Finau, plus 48.97. Now, he's actually tied for eighth here as I uh, look at the screen, doing well out of the gate. But... Again, these are lottery tickets. Only quarter unit plays. Not and I love that you're afraid. Like, yeah. that, it's something we've kind of danced around a lot on this podcast. I love that you're framing that like that way. Lottery ticket bets. I Listen, man, if you're, if you're going to be betting on golf, no one, I, very few among us are golf betting experts. So take a couple swings. Pun absolutely intended. Uh, <laughs> love the DeChambeau bet. I just love him because he, he's an analytics guy. He's a geeky very, golfer, and like, I love hard, that. You know, I think he majored in physics. I was reading up on this guy. He's it's a good thing to major in when smart. you're hitting a ball with a with a club. Exactly, and he's big into the analytics. And eventually, this guy's going to break through. Uh, again, he's only 25. I don't think he has a top 10 finish at any major. But again, it's a lottery ticket, so we'll be watching that. Listen, I think we will probably do more on golf, uh, given the interest I've seen in the gambling space. Listen, we talk about finding an edge, and it's tough in the NFL. Okay, but golf, I think you've mentioned WNBA before. Uh, I don't know, but maybe playoff hockey, there's an advantage. Obviously, in the NBA, we watch it a lot. Maybe we think we can do something. So, Mr. Lynch, let's head to the NBA. The playoff order is set. I got to say, I kind of tapped out on the NBA for the last few weeks as, you know, teams tank aggressively. 
I mean, some of the players that were trotting out for these lineups, the Lakers were starting guys I've never heard of. And you know I'm a college hoops geek. Uh, but even Portland, final night of the season, Anthony Simmons, young kid. Yes, sir. What do you have, 37? Yes, sir. He actually cost the Blazers, if you really want to look at it. They've got kind of a tough matchup there in the opening round. But I think we'll start, Lynch, with title odds. Start we, with the best. Yep. We know the Warriors are heavy favorites. I'm seeing one to two here. Um... Is that a bet you think you want to make? Are you betting on the Warriors at this point to win the title? If the number is close to minus 200, if it is one to two, I do think there is value on huh. the Golden State Warriors as a title bet. I think these Warriors, I mean, assuming Steph Curry's ankle is going to be okay, which it looks like it will be, they'll rest him a little bit during the first round, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Even games where he's cleared to play, I doubt he plays his regular minutes load. I just don't see how anyone takes out the Warriors. With that said, my real bet here is the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes. Plus 650. Uh, you and I were talking before the podcast. We both have them at pretty long odds to from before the season yeah. to win the East. I think we're going to cash both those bets. Um, I really, really, really like this Milwaukee team. Ooh. I know I said on our preseason podcast that I was a little skeptical about Mike Budenholzer. I mm. said before, he's shown that he's an outstanding regular season coach. Hasn't necessarily carried his team in the postseason. But when you look at those Hawks teams that he coached, yes. where was the superstar? Where was the player who could... Paul Millsap, obviously. And I, I'm a huge Paul Millsap guy. Al Horford might be one of the most underrated players in the league. I mean, Thabocephalosha, you had some great role players on those teams, but you didn't have that guy who could put his head down and go get you a bucket like Giannis mm -hmm. can. So I think... This Bucks team has everything I want in a title contender. I also like the Rockets at eleven to one. I don't think that's an huh. awful bet because to win the West or the title. No, to win the title. title. Okay. Because I think the three point shot is just such a powerful weapon. But I'll cap this with a really interesting stat, at least in my book. Since two thousand four, when the Pistons won the title and the NBA subsequently completely banned hand checking, which really introduced us into what I would call the modern defensive era of the NBA. Yeah. Things have changed since 2004. So was that the Lakers series? Correct. When they, okay. Well, that was ugly when the Pistons took over for a few years. Like finals games were like 89 to 82 or the something. The NBA emphasized uh, freedom of movement for offensive players and really changed how you can play defense in the NBA. In the 14 seasons since, only two teams have managed to win the title when they weren't both top 10 in offensive and defensive rating. You have to be top 10 on both sides of the court to win the NBA title. Those two teams were the 2010 Lakers, who were 4th in defense and 11th in offense, just outside Close, of the top right. 10. And the Warriors last year, who were 3rd in offense and 11th in defense, Super right outside close, the top yeah. 10. And they probably weren't giving it 100% their all in the regular season, Ooh, right? I know where you're headed with this one. 2018-19 Warriors, 1st in offense, 13th in defense. Really? 2018-19 Rockets, 2nd in offense, 17th in defense. The team that checks both boxes, oh, the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, there we go. Number one in defensive rating, fourth in offensive rating, the best net rating at 8.6 points per 100 possession in the NBA okay. this season. Now, I, I'm with you. Uh, I have the Bucks before the season, plus 2,500 to win the East. Um, I kind of feel good about that. Let me push back, Lynch, and see what your thoughts are. Okay, so the injuries are mounting for this team. 
right? Uh, Tony Snell, ankle. Miritich probably could play in game one, maybe not. Malcolm Brogdon, Dante DiVincenzo will not be playing this year, the rookie from Villanova. Uh, Brogdon's a very good player, could be back for the next round. Are you having any pause when you see the Milwaukee Bucks have not won a playoff series since 2001? I know they're waxing people. They won an NBA best 45 games by double digits. And they've got who I think is the MVP, and I believe you do too, in Giannis. Absolutely. Um, you have any concern about the inexperience and the injuries mounting for the Bucs? Sure. Experience matters. But it's not something that is going to completely prevent me from making this bet. I think a team can break through without having much previous postseason success, uh, especially when they're as talented as this team. Shout out to my man, Brooke Lopez, who it just continues to evolve his yeah. game. I've said for a number of years, the most outside of like a LeBron James or a Kevin Durant, perhaps the best type of player you can have in the NBA would be a guy who protects the rim and shoots a ton of threes and knocks them down. And that's who Brooke Lopez has become. I think, again, I just said this about Al Horford and previous iterations of Al Horford. I think Brooke Lopez today is probably one of the most underrated players in the NBA. Ooh. He is he, He's a huge, huge of factor to Milwaukee's success. The Lakers, uh, should we talk about that? The uh, Lakers yeah. let him go. But it's a tough matchup for Lopez because Andre Drummond is the opposing center of the Pistons. Now, Blake Griffin is the real reason I think the Bucks probably sweep this series. I think there's actually some value in betting on Milwaukee to sweep. Because if Blake Griffin doesn't play in game one or two, this one's going to be a rout. Uh, they, they played four times this year. Bucks won all of them. Uh, only one game determined by single digits. I, I, I do agree with you. Milwaukee is probably the team to beat in the East. But I, I do, uh, this these Toronto Raptors, I don't know what to make of them. And I wonder, is there value on Toronto, another team, you know, they've had some success in the playoffs, but Kawhi Leonard's been in and out of the, the lineup, and I, I almost feel they're overrated a little bit. You know they have the same odds as the Rockets, plus 1,000, to win the title. Okay. That, that you, surprises me. You had me taken aback a little bit when you said that you think they're over, uh, they're overrated, because I think they're kind of flying under the radar. Mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people are really paying as close attention to these Toronto Raptors as they should. I mean, they're third in the NBA this season in net rating. They're, I mean, they were better than the Jazz, better than the Rockets, better than the Celtics, better than the Thunder, better than the Sixers. I mean, Sixers were kind of middle of the pack. We'll get there. But they were only 11th in net rating. I am not a Sixers advocate. Um, yeah, I, I I think this Raptors team, and I think the fact that Kawhi was in and out of the lineup and they still had such a, a positive net rating is, a, is an argument in their favor, if Interesting. anything. So Raptors, Orlando Magic, uh, we tossed a four-fun prop at each other. Uh, we I, Again, I haven't seen this line anywhere. Will there be over, under, one-and-a-half sweeps in the first round? Um, I lean on – I was leaning under because I think maybe Orlando could steal a game as Toronto's napping. Um, but I don't know. Now that I'm looking closer and, and listening to you hype up uh, the Raptors and their depth. Uh, not maybe? something I, I thought – not. I didn't think I would be sitting here hyping up the Raptors when the season started, and I honestly didn't think that I would be sitting here making an argument for any sort of value on anyone other than the Warriors for a title bet. Yeah. I said as much, again, on our preseason podcast. So, I mean, shout out to the Bucks. They just... They've played such a dominating brand of basketball. They've they made a believer of me. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and shy away from Warriors to win the title. 
and I'm just going to stick with my Bucks futures to win the East. I, I think there's more value gambling almost nightly than there would be on someone else to win the title. All right, let's go to the East, uh, Mr. Lynch. Where are you at who will come out of the East, Bucks futures aside? I, I know this is crazy. Uh, and I know they just lost Marcus Smart, who's a very valuable role player, can often play down the stretch because of the defensive versatility. I still think there's value on the Celtics to win the East. They've got the best coach, I believe, in Brad Stevens. They've got the most clutch player in the East who's been there before in Kyrie Irving. I just heard these clutch stats on Kyrie Irving. 29 of 49 in the final three minutes when games are within three points. That's 58% from the field. In 50 minutes of clutch time, Kyrie Irving is plus 46. That is a staggering number. If he's in a close game, whether it's the Indiana Pacers or even the Milwaukee Bucks in the second round, I trust Kyrie Irving. Um, I think there's value on the Celtics to win the East. I agree. If you're making your Eastern Conference uh, futures bet today ahead of the NBA playoffs and you don't have any other skin in the game right now. I think the Celtics, which are they're going off at plus 390 on Bovada, so you're getting four to one at different shops. Mm. I think that is where the value is. It's, it's, it's short, but I, I could have swore I saw plus 500 like two weeks ago. Uh, it's coming down. Yeah, it is coming down, but you're, you're getting different prices at different shops. Westgate, you're getting a 430 at the moment. So as we always talk about, shop around. Yes. Um, but yeah, I. For me, in the postseason, I'm really looking at three things when I analyze teams. I'm looking at defense. Celtics are top 10. I'm looking at your three-point attempt rate. For, you know What percentage of your field goal attempts are from behind the arc? Celtics are top 10. Mm. And I am looking, again, as I said with the Bucks and Giannis, I am looking for that one player who can put his head down and when the game is tied with two minutes left, he can go get you that bucket. It's not a very analytic thought right like i mean that's kind of more like eye test alpha male kind of thing but that it's one of those things that i think falls outside of the the lens of your typical you know analytics and rate based stats and things like that maverick carter he said it to chris broussard a couple of years ago that's what lebron loved and probably still loves about Kyrie is in those close games like we saw in game seven against the warriors yeah. Kyrie is far far from afraid yeah. and he will break down your defense yeah. and get you that shot I, I you know i should add this the milwaukee bucks that we just talked about led the league best record against the spread 60 percent where was Boston? Well, obviously everybody loaded up on them this year. Only 47% against the spread. Uh, again, this is a star league. People love to bet on stars, right? You know, Giannis is an emerging star. Okay, Kyrie Irving is a star. Uh, Philadelphia, another team, awful against the spread. 46% because people love to bet on Embiid and Simmons. This one surprised me. The Toronto Raptors against the spread, sixth worst in the league. 45%. I get, I, I, I'm stuck on this, Lynch. I, I don't know. I, I want to bet on them in the first round against Orlando because I, I don't like Orlando's backcourt. They're not very good to me at shooting the three. Uh, I'll double-check the stats there. But of the things you just said, Toronto checks more boxes than Orlando. I, you know, when nightly betting on the NBA, and I think I will certainly do that, um, I, I will lean toward Toronto over betting on Boston, I think. Toronto getting about plus, you're getting plus 220 at Bovada right now. Um, yeah, I, I, 
I don't hate those bets. I do agree with you, though. I think as you start to get into these conference bets, you're almost better off making your nightly nightly, your, your nightly yeah. wagers. Uh, I haven't seen a ton of lines for Saturday's games yet. Uh, if you have any, we could toss them out. And uh, No, yeah, they we, were just starting to come online this morning. I haven't seen anything no. yet, unfortunately, but we'll be keeping an eagle eye out for them. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know if there's much else to discuss in the East. Uh, Lynch, you, you want to put a button on the East? I'll say this. Uh I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be live in a couple of these games against the Sixers. I will, I will take the over in our little prop bet of one and a half sweeps in the first round. However, I do not think the 76ers will be sweeping the no. Brooklyn Nets. Yeah, uh, I, I think, again, I'm a little bit of a Sixers skeptic as much as I really like Joel Embiid. Um, I think especially with Kenny Atkinson and that Nets defense and just the strategic way that they're, they've been approaching their games this year, I think Brooklyn could really make Philly sweat. They, I, I, I'm with you 100%. By the way, in the four meetings this year, Brooklyn scored over 110 points in all of them and over 120 in three of the four. They can get your buckets. Uh, you know, I'm going to see how they match up with D'Angelo Russell, but I'll probably be on... Uh, you know, Brooklyn as an underdog, not to win outright, but uh, at least not in game one. I will be taking some points in that one. Uh, all right, let's pivot to the West, Mr. Andrew Lynch. Um, I don't know what there is to say about Golden State against the Clippers, but I will add this. Against the spread records, Golden State's second worst in the NBA, 43%. We don't know the status of Curry, as you mentioned. Is there going to be any value betting on the L.A. Clippers to cover what will probably be a big number in Oracle in Game 1? I'm sorry. I thought this was a podcast and not an open mic where you're doing stand-up comedy. No, 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 no. Now, of course, they will probably cover because I'm this adamant about it. But no, I I just don't see how you bet against the Warriors currently. Well, again, not on the money line, but fifth best record ATS this year, the Clippers. And they've got a clutch player, Lou Williams. I believe he had the second most fourth quarter points in the league to James Harden. One of the best guys in crunch time is Lou Williams. And I believe that this team with a lot of young rookies, uh, Landry Shamet, kid from Wichita State, great shooter, uh, they play hard. Gallinari's healthy. Uh, Patrick Beverly, we know what he can do. I, I really don't like Patrick Beverly going against an injured Steph Curry. Only because Patrick Beverly injures people. Like, he is a bit of a... I won't say that word, but he, he will go after you. He's injured Russell Westbrook multiple times. He plays a style that is going to put you in some awkward physical positions. Uh, here's a stat. Lou Williams... Uh, plus 92 in clutch time, first among NBA players. So, Clippers, plus 65 in clutch time, number one in the NBA. I don't think this team's going to roll over. How many points would you need to take the Clippers in game Well, if one? I'm getting double digits in game one and game two, I'm taking the Bet Online just came up. Uh, Golden State, minus 12. I'm taking the 12. All right. I will. Yeah. I, again, this is a, we don't know the status of Curry. Um, and this is a Golden State team. If they're up 18... In the fourth, they're going to probably rest their guys, right? That's fair. I can uh, see. A, a listen, I for the sake of this argument, I will take Golden State at oh, the minus twelve. Let's here we go. go. All right, let's Little, do it. Uh, put here up or go. shut up. First, uh, first game, Warriors. I'm taking uh, the Clips getting twelve. Uh, I, I I just don't know. Again, there's some numbers out there on this Warriors team, folks. Um, eight twenty plus point losses this season, which is a record for defending champ. 
But how I don't much, think they're losing, you know, by 20 in any games in this series. But. How much of this is a very similar conversation to what we saw with Cleveland last year, where Cleveland had a pretty bad regular season. They did very, not yeah, play well. Or something? And everyone's like, oh, I don't know, man. I don't know if these Cavs, I don't know. No, Maybe no, no, no. this is Ty the end. They're going to win. The no, no, no. Win. But this is what I mean. Everyone's like, I don't. And then, like, I know myself and several others were like, it's LeBron James. It's the Cavaliers. They are going to flip a switch in the postseason. Flip the switch. That happened. And I feel like, not to the same degree, but there's no way with two championships under their belt consecutively, three of the past four, that this Warriors team was getting up for every regular season game the way maybe we would expect them to. So that's my argument is I think I think they're going to come out and be like, all right, guys, you know what? Game on now. Let's step on their throats in game one. Uh, here's a number. Warriors two years ago at home, plus 16-point differential. This year at home, plus 6.6. So I, I don't know if the bench is not as good as it was a couple years ago with KD. Um, I don't know. I just I, I would agree with you. Apathy has set in to an extent. But one thing I can't get over is Kevin Durant's potential departure in three months and how much, if there's a loss... And again, they've they've only lost one game in a series with Durant, except for the Rocket series. So the idea that like the Clippers are going to get two seems a little foreign. But I can see a couple seven point wins, you know, with some late Curry heroics or free throws. I'm on the Clippers in Game One plus twelve. Uh, next series here in the West, I, you know, this is a tough one for me. The Denver Nuggets who have been pretty great this year. 54 wins. They, you know, held on there when everybody thought they'd collapse in the second half. They faced the Spurs. I got to be honest. I didn't think the Spurs would be here. This is a San Antonio team. Lost three-point shooting. Uh, DeMar DeRozan, you know, a good player. Not a great player. Their best players are Aldridge and DeRozan. They won 48 games of the seven seed. And Andrew Lynch, give me the number on the Spurs to take down the Denver Nuggets in the first round of the playoffs. Plus 171 at Bovada, plus 170 at the Westgate. Give me the Spurs. Now, I'm, I'm not saying run and go bet the Spurs, but I will put down a half unit on the Spurs to beat the Nuggets in the first round. Again, this is an inexperienced Denver team. And they dominated this year, Lynch, because of their depth, right? They come off the bench with Malik Beasley, Monty Morris, Torrey Craig. They got a big rotation. But is Malone going to keep that big rotation in a series against a really good defensive team? Now, this is a crazy stat I just read. The Spurs are better defensively. The number one defensive rating in the NBA when DeRozan and Aldridge are off the floor. How is that going to manage, you know, when your two best offensive guys are off the floor? But let's see how Jokic handles his first postseason. Uh, let's see how Gary Harris and uh, Jamal Murray, guys I like a lot. Um, how are they going to handle the, you know, playoffs is a different animal. Popovich has a slight experience edge here. Uh, I'm not selling the Nuggets. I just think there is some value at plus 171. It's close. I, I don't hate that bet, one of our favorite phrases. Um, if this were Spurs plus 200, I'd be right there with you. I think this is just a little short on value for me. I do have faith in the Nuggets. I do have faith in Jokic. Um, yeah, it's close. I, I think there's. I think you're going to be just shy on value here, but you're going to cash that bet 
fairly often. So the Denver Nugget, you love the defensive efficiency, the advanced numbers, according to uh, the website here, ESPN has Denver 11th in defensive efficiency. Now, again, Spurs are 18th, but again, when you remove uh, Aldridge and DeRozan, and I'm sure Pop's going to try that. Uh, I don't know what kind of offense he's going to have with Derek White White and Bryn Forbes and those guys running the show. I I think there could be some value there. Uh, let's move on to the next series. And this is one where a lot of people just no faith whatsoever in the Portland Trailblazers. They are the three seed, but how you know what kind of a three seed are they? They're the Hurricane? three seed as an underdog in the series at Westgate. Portland and, plus 130. Oh, well, you got to feel bad. They don't have Nurkic. You know, I know they've done well since uh, CJ McCollum went down. I think they finished eight and two, which was a bit of a surprise. But the Thunder owned them in the regular season with Nurkic. You know, 4-0. This is just, it's a tough, tough sell here to take Portland in this series. Yeah, I I mean, actually, I this one is about a coin flip to me. I think the numbers reflect that. The opening line that I saw had the Blazers minus 118, the Thunder minus 106. Uh, I am staying fully away from this series. I No wagers from me, at least. Until I see how game one and maybe even game two plays yeah. out. But Does, yeah, this yeah. is, I could see this breaking either way. Um, I just, I, I love watching this Thunder team. I love watching Westbrook. Not even from a perspective of like, oh, I can't wait to see how awesome he's going to be tonight. I, it's like, I can't wait to see what kind of train wreck we're going to get tonight. Independent <laughs> of any of the 2020 Lynch. Yeah. Come on. Independent of any of the stuff that happens outside of the whistles. Of course, I don't want to touch any of that. That's, that's much more serious, but like you just never know what you're going to get from a Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. game inside the lines. And man, I love that. Well, you know, he's not going to be able to defend Damian Lillard. Lillard averaged 34 points per game against OKC this year. Again, they were swept. Um, I, I I really want Portland to win after what happened last year. Uh, of course, they were swept by Anthony Davis. And they had home court advantage in that as well. Swept, Lynch. Yeah, it was good for him to get some playoff experience before he joins the Lakers. <laughs> Damian Lillard asking for a trade after they lose his series. Along with Zion. Oh, boy. Everybody wants to be with the Lakers. Yes, no doubt about that. And then well, finally, except for Magic. Now, this is going to be the most interesting series, I believe, to gamble on. Nightly. Yes, sir. Um, Houston Rockets, Utah Jazz. Um, I, I really like this Jazz team. Uh, they have been incredible. Since the All-Star break, defensively, they are an awesome team. Now, they faced Houston last year. They won one game, I believe, right? Lost lost the series 4-1. And obviously, everybody's going to be taking the Rockets. Are they? No? Public on the Jazz? No, I mean, okay. They are. I ain't. I'm on the Jazz. Are you? Yes, sir. I like that. Yes, sir. Let me hear the logic behind it. Um, All right. Let me crack the neck a little bit. All right. Let me do my best 30 for 30 voice. What if I told you that the Utah Jazz had a better net rating than the Houston Rockets in the 2018-19 NBA season? That doesn't surprise me at all. Right? I, I mean, right. like, yeah, yeah. listen, there's more to it. But the Jazz were fourth in net rating this year. The Rockets were fifth. The Jazz allowed the the lowest three-point attempt rate in the NBA this year, as measured by three-point attempts per 100 possessions. So they're going to do everything they can to try to negate Houston's ridiculous strength. I don't know if you, we all know Houston takes a ton of three-pointers. 52% of their field goal attempts this year were from beyond the arc. That is absurd. But yeah, I mean, the Jazz, fourth in net rating, second in defensive rating. And this number, you're getting... Plus 221 was the number I first saw this morning. 
Uh, as I check now, the Westgate, you're getting three to one on the Jazz to win this series. I think, I mean, Houston wins this series probably 60, 70% of the time. But if I'm getting three to one. Yeah, yeah I think you got to take it. Give you're me. Right. Gimme. I mean, what I just wondered again, this is not something you can quantify. Last time we saw the Rockets in the postseason, they were blowing a double digit halftime lead in game seven at home against the Warriors and missed 27 straight threes. Now, as the four seed, they're looking at a second round matchup, revenge against the Warriors. Is there any chance they could? possibly overlook the Jazz just a little bit here. Oh, we beat them 4-1 last year. Um, we got the Warriors second round. I can't wait for payback. Blah, blah, blah. Any yeah, chance of an absolutely. overlook? There's a, I, I mean, there's I, a chance. I Again, yeah, I, I think these considerations usually are overblown, but there's there's absolutely yeah. a chance, especially, especially if perhaps, maybe not in game one, right? You got to take care of business yes. in game one. But if they go up 2-1, and then maybe they start feeling themselves a little bit and they start thinking, all right, we just got to win two more. And then we got that revenge around the corner and maybe they lose game four and maybe that turns the tide of the series. Yeah. I'd buy something like that. Um, and again, it, part of the process of gambling, Lynch, is at least for me, is marrying the stats and the advanced numbers and the analytics with some of this other stuff that's unquantifiable. For instance, and again, feel free to laugh at me, Lynch. I know the audience will. When I looked at the Virginia Cavaliers, okay, losing the first round, then they come back and win the title. I look at Clemson, Alabama in college football. Clemson gets smoked, embarrassed in the playoff uh, semifinals last year. Come back and destroy Alabama. I uh, Part of me wonders, listen, this Utah Jazz, I would guess of any team in the first round, they're going to be more locked in. We want revenge on these guys. I want to guard James Harden. I want to lock him down. This team isn't that great on the wings. They're not going to make every three-pointer. We saw what happens when they miss them. This team melted down in Game 7 at home against the Warriors. I don't know. Remember, this is a Rockets team. Game 1 against the Warriors last year. Came out, kind of got, got clowned by Kevin Durant there in the fourth quarter, lost at home. Here we go again. Are we waiting for Chris Paul to get hurt again? I'm not wishing any injuries on anybody, but, you know, we've seen this... Rockets team struggle. I'll never forget that Spurs series where Harden just ran out of gas. The guy's dribbling 600 times a game. So many unquantifiable things I will be watching. Is there a line for game one? Rockets, Jazz. I haven't seen it. Let me add while you look for that. Utah, sixth best ATS record in the league this year at 55%. Rockets minus six and a half. I had hoped for something higher. Six and a half. Is that is that is there a tell there? Is Vegas showing their hand? Six and a half seems low. Did uh, didn't you say the Warriors were twelve against the Clippers? Obviously, the Jazz are a much better team. Twelve already bet up to twelve and a half. By the way, twelve and a half. Can I get that extra twelve and a half? <laughs> Absolutely, let's go. Damn. Uh, so, uh, do you think they uh, Jazz can outright win this series? Will you be? Do you like your chances better? On the series price or a nightly situation? I mean, three to one is a lot of value. I really do think that that series price is pretty juicy to me. Um, yeah, six and a half in game one, not a lot of value there to me. I do think to your your question, it's just an indication that Vegas and, and these offshore books understand how good this Jazz team is. Yeah. They, you know, shout out to Rudy Gobert. You know, I think. Last year, maybe he was a little more celebrated because the Jazz were new and shiny and had that novelty to them that they were, you know, putting together this run with Donovan Mitchell and everything. 
I think we've overlooked Rudy Gobert a little bit this season. Hmm. Um, I think in general, we don't do a good enough job of celebrating the guys who are truly, truly outstanding at defense and really make a massive impact on the game on that end. Um, so, yeah. I just, we, we've probably seen more highlights of Gobert getting dunked on right. than his impact at the defensive end. All right. Here's something. I was Somebody just sent me this link on DM about James Harden. Okay. So, last year, uh, played 72 games, 35 uh, minutes per game. 20 shots a game this year played more games 78 more minutes one more one well one and a half more minutes average 24 and a half shots per game and according to this story look look is dated march 26th james harden's historic workload okay and this is the lead to the story harden played 37 minutes uh a couple weeks ago in Houston's third game in four nights in three different cities. Why are the Rockets working him so hard? I, I'm i telling you, man. I think, that, as you said, there is a decent chance here that the Jazz are the play here. And Harden is just going to be worn down. The dude is dribbling 600 times a game. That's not going to work. I... It's really interesting, right? Because now in the span of, what, 30 minutes, I have espoused the Rockets as a potential finals futures bet at 11 to 1. Yes. And I also will be betting against them in the first round. And I Ooh. think, again, it comes down, comes back to the three-pointer. I just, if Houston can take care of business as they should in the earlier rounds, I think the fact that they shoot so many threes mm-hmm. means they can beat anyone. But... I have those questions because of their defense being so far outside of the top 10 that they could all they're vulnerable in any one game as well. Okay, you before I get to this other thing, you just said something that got me thinking. Uh given the three-point changes in the NBA, how many teams are taking them, um how quickly they can turn games around. Do you think that the defensive efficiency stuff really doesn't matter as much anymore? No. no Not at no. all. So defensive efficiency still matters for you significantly. All right. Highest usage percentage in a season in NBA history. Okay, so the top guys, Russell Westbrook a couple years ago lost in the first round. Kobe Bryant, 2006, lost in the first round. Russell Westbrook missed the playoffs in 2015. Michael Jordan lost in the first round. Allen Iverson lost in the first round. DeMarcus Cousins missed the playoffs. Dwayne Wade lost in the first round. There's a pattern here. The top eight guys with the highest usage rate in NBA history, none of them made it out of the first round. James Harden has the second highest usage rate in NBA history. Does this trend continue, Andrew Lynch? Come on, Jazz! That is fascinating. I I had no idea. Um, Yeah, wow. Perhaps another nail in the Rockets coffin, although I will say this Houston team is very, very different. In yeah, the yeah. way that they use Harden and his usage. Yeah. Um, mo- here's another one. Most unassisted threes in a season. So Harden set the record by over 115 threes. He already had the record from the last two years. Curry's up there too. Harden is just... I just wonder, in the playoffs, Lynch, I, we've seen this. Like You can't just sit there, dribble the shot clock for 15 seconds, and then decide if you're shooting a step-back three or driving to the rim. Because Rudy Gobert is going to be waiting at the rim. Now, I don't know if they have a guy. I don't want Donovan Mitchell on Harden. I'm not going to get bogged down in the matchups, but uh, 
Come on, Jazz. Well, I- I'm rooting for the Jazz here. Here's the thing. The Milwaukee Bucks, and I. this has been written about at length on the internet. I, I would recommend, and unfortunately I don't recall which shops and which authors off the top of my head, but Google is your friend. There are several articles out there talking about how the Milwaukee Bucks have established the blueprint for how you defend the Houston Rockets and, more importantly, James Harden. Mm. And it's kind of counterintuitive. James is a lefty, famously. We all know that. You play him hard to force him right, almost to the point that guys like Tony Snell and people who have been defending Harden in this Milwaukee system, more Eric Bledsoe, he almost yeah, freelanced. Good. And Brett Bledsoe has has admitted he, he freelanced a little bit beyond what Budenholzer recommended. He was getting to a point where he was essentially parallel to Harden <laughs> on his left hand. Just like, there is no chance, James, that you are going left here, and I will give you the lane to drive into the paint with your right hand. I am not going to try to stop that at all. Period. Zero percent. I, I will that. try to stop that, I love that. Because I know I got Brooke waiting for you. And Brooke is going to step up, and he's going to make you either pass it out, or he's going to make you try to, a floater over the top of him. Or flip it to Capella. For and we play. know... That the most dangerous Rockets possessions aren't possessions where they get looks at the rim. They're those three-point yeah. possessions. So we are completely eliminating Harden's ability to go left and to hit that step back. He doesn't have the space to do it. And Houston, of course, gets a ton of buckets in the paint and a ton of a lot more mid-range buckets than they typically would. And the Bucks have consistently beaten them with that strategy. This is good stuff. I'm going to have to look that article up. One final nugget here. The Houston Rockets had the best record after the All-Star break, 20-5. and five. Um, Utah Jazz, third best after the All-Star break, 18-6. and six. That series is must-watch for me. That's the best series we've got. Um, I, I guess I'll go ahead and take the 6.5 with the Jazz in Game 1. Um, but I think Lynch's bet that uh, the Jazz are, what, plus, what do you say, 170? No, plus no, 300 plus, uh, plus at the Super Bowl. That's sorry, the thing, yeah. right? It's plus it's, 300. It's a lot of value. There's a lot of value there. So I guess that probably wraps up our first, and we'll be doing plenty of NBA uh, playoff podcasts because the interest is through the roof in the NBA. And listen, um, I, I think this is an opportunity to make some money. NBA playoffs, there's, what, three, four games nightly uh, in the opening round? It's going to get exciting. Um, I just I quickly looked at the Warriors' schedule. If they're looking to rest Steph Curry, there is a huge break after the first, I believe, after the first two games. There's like a three-day break. I, I'm curious if Steph Curry starts game one. I, I guess Vegas would assume he will because I remember you texted me when Curry went down or maybe it was producer Conrad. And then Magic Johnson happened. Yeah, Magic Johnson happened. You couldn't find the Curry news anywhere. Uh, so anyways, folks, always shop around, as Lynch likes to say, for the best prices. 100 to 1 that LeVar Ball is the next president of basketball ops in Los Angeles. Oh not kidding. No, on Bovada. Not, don't put a cent on that. Uh, any, any parting words here? By the way, Andrew Lynch, any wrestling uh, coming up that you want to gamble on? Uh, no, unfortunately, that's a it's a once a month thing at most frequently with the pay per views. Uh, but hey, we did like we talked about on Monday. Did cash that WrestleMania parlay? Mm-hmm. Um, no, I just listen. I've said it several podcasts in a row because NCAA basketball, NCAA tournament, it's the best time of the year. Uh, NBA playoffs, best time of the year. It really is. You know, the gambling doesn't stop just because the NFL season is now two plus months yeah. in the rearview mirror. We, uh, it's time to to see what these Warriors can do. I think again, I think they they get the three peat. Um, 
And My hot take would be KD does not become the first player since Shaquille O'Neal to win three straight NBA Finals MVPs. I think Curry wins Curry this one. Curry wins the Finals MVP. And that would cement Kevin Durant saying, I'm out. Uh, you know, forget this. Curry, MVP over me. I mean, uh, Bucks. Warriors. Bledsoe Curry is a good matchup for the Bucks. Bledsoe has been phenomenal. He might be first team all defense guard. Um, I, how do they match up with Kevin Durant? Is Giannis? Do you want Giannis oh. chasing Kevin Durant around screens all? I mean, Brooke Lopez protected. I don't know. That's I, I, I mean, my so I, I, I wrote about this back in a previous lifetime a couple of years ago. I am a firm believer that the the best way to try to beat the Warriors is to let KD get his. I think you have I think you have Curry to do play. what you can to try to get the ball out of Steph's hands. Yeah. Good strategy. All right, Andrew Lynch. Uh this has been fun. NBA playoffs are here. People enjoy the Masters this weekend. I'm looking at the leaderboard. My man Tony Finau. What is it? Plus 48. Uh, a lot. A big number. Oh, here it is. Plus 48. 97 to win it. He's now tied for fourth. Opening round excitement at the Masters. Folks, subscribe, rate, and review, please. We love that. Thank you for listening. Thanks for your tweets and questions. We're here all summer, folks. For Andrew Lynch, I'm Jason McIntyre. Have a great NBA playoffs.